Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the King of New York. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Who is the real King of New York? I've deposed him. Is that oh, Scarface? It's from a musical. I think it's from Newsies. So I think it's Newsy. Yeah. <laughs> Newsy from the from the musical Newsies? John Newsy, the the protagonist of Newsies. The Broadway version of Newsies or the film version of Newsies? Which one has Newsy in it? Uh they the, so this is was kind of controversial amongst yeah. Newsy fans. Right. Um the film version eliminated uh eliminated the beloved character of Newsy. Uh-huh. That was uh, originally in the book. Uh-huh. And added uh Spider-Man. Oh. Well, great. Fantastic. Yeah. You know who I heard is the number one newsy fan? And I have no I just it's just something I heard. President Joe Biden. Really? Yeah. He's always loved newsies. He went to see it on Broadway. He loves the movie. He read the novel. This guy is crazy about newsies. That's why he always wears one of those hats. Is that now how does he feel about them switching John Newsy for Spider-Man in the film version? Well, I mean, now, talk about, of course, controversy follows President Joe Biden wherever he goes. Right. But uh, probably the most controversial thing about him loving Newsies is that he also loves Spider-Man. And in oh. fact, his only complaint about the revised Newsies that where they replaced John Newsy, <laughs> the protagonist of the original Newsies, and of, well, the, the novel Newsies, and then right. they... Then in the movie, they replaced him with Spider-Man. Then yeah. for Broadway, Jesse, they no need to recap. People are following this. Okay. <laughs> so his People only are following the fake thing. His only complaint was he wanted to be the Miles Morales Spider-Man, and oh. it was the Peter Parker Spider-Man. Sure, so that was yeah. his only complaint. And if you hear, if you ever talk to Jill about this, she will be like, "Oh, he talks my ear off about it all night long, mm -hmm. all night long." Eight to twelve when we go to bed. It's just Miles Morales, Miles Morales, Miles Morales. Anyway, I just got back from uh New York where Judge John Hodgman performed at Lincoln Center, which you might have heard of. Yeah, Lincoln Center. That was that's that's huge. What's uh now had you ever to talk about talk about walking into the venue for the first time? What was it like? Could you smell the history? Yeah, I mean, uh there's a there's a very particular Winton Marsalis odor. It's mm. kind of sweet, and there's a hint of... It's like walking into an Indian grocery store. Wow. Have you ever walked into the Indian grocery where there's bulk spices there? I have, yeah. That's kind of the Winton Marsalis. A little cumin is what you're saying? Center. A little yeah, cumin a little, bit of, a little bit of cumin there. It was terrifying, uh, but it went great. Uh, it was, I think, the in a lot of ways, the perfect venue, because John is arguably the Winton Marsalis of podcasting, mm, right? I would say. And of course, because my background is in modern dance. So you guys really, really brought the house down. John, and, John jazzed and right. you danced. Well, in a lot of ways, Jordan, wouldn't you say that podcasting is like jazz? I always say that. I say yeah. that every chance I get, I let everybody know that what we're doing is word jazz. Um, it's one of the it's one of the only American art forms. It's jazz, tap dance, and this. Yeah. You know who I was just talking about podcasting being jazz with? Hmm. Jill Biden last night. Oh yeah. Well, I bet she was just a eight to I midnight. But she, she was just relieved to be talking about something other than Miles Morales. 
Yeah. We had a great time. Jean Grey was there. Uh, she was fantastic mm -hmm. as always. Definitely my favorite part of the entire show was when we had some people on. Uh, a woman brought her uh, girlfriend or wife to court uh, for liking the Red Hot Chili Peppers too much and talking about it too much. Wow. And uh, Jean... Jean said, well, at least she doesn't like Pearl Jam. And I have never seen a crowd go colder in my life. Oh, my gosh. I was like, wow, the only person you could, the only musical act you could have insulted that would have received a more hostile response is probably Weird Al Yankovic mm. in that crowd, in that crowd of 45-year-old <laughs> overeducated white people. Right. Uh, but that was great. And so thanks to all the people who came out. Thanks to Jean. It was great to see John, Jennifer, our producer. And perhaps most importantly to the show, Richard Kind, uh, who came on a city bike. Beautiful. Yeah. New York's own. Richard Kind came on a bike share and shared his wit and wisdom with us. Uh, it's really interesting. That's so funny. I mean, uh, obviously, congratulations to you. And I'm not trying to take away anything from, you know, right. your your night. Um, you would never. No, I would never do that. Um, but it's interesting that same weekend I was actually, while you were at Lincoln Center, I was at Stinkin Center. <laughs> Is that so? so so you and john were at lincoln center and i was at stinkin center so right. we had two in the lincoln and one in the stinkin <laughs> is that worth doing <laughs> real Jordan, shocker of a weekend we have, the weekend we was shocking a, we have a guest say. here from the world of literature jordan yeah that's why i did that <laughs> Do you think you're going to get a book deal from two in the Lincoln, one in the stinking? <laughs> Listen, if that doesn't do it, I'm giving up on publishing. She doesn't even give out book deals. She doesn't have that power. She could call them. Call you think the, she's going to call, call, call Farrar, Strauss, and Giroux and tell them about know. two in I the Lincoln, know. one in the stinking? Well, she won't if I don't do it. There's no. By the way, there were four in the Lincoln. Me, wow. John, Jean Grey, and Richard Kind from Spin City. It's, it's, it's quite the vast Lincoln. <laughs> Stinkin's a smaller venue. <laughs> hard, to, hard to fit as many people. It's more intimate. Jordan. It's a more intimate venue. It's like the Which, troubadour. <laughs> did you bring your like a tight five to the stinking? <laughs> oh, tight four. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Our, okay. So our guest on the program is a New Yorker. Mm -hmm. She's probably been to shows in in these venues and more. Mm -hmm. uh, she's probably performed in all these venues. Uh, she's an acclaimed writer. Uh, she has a brand new novel called Cult Classic. It is so, it is such a delight. It is very New York-y. Uh, Sloan Crosley. Welcome back to the show, Sloan. It's only been 12 years. This is a, a brief 12 years. Hi. It's Hi. nice to be here. Can you sum up the past 12 years? <laughs> I was about to say, can you sum up like, it's called the Ohio Shocker, right? Yeah, that's correct. Am I... I've never I heard it called the <laughs> I've never heard Ohio on the front, but I don't know why, but I've always felt um, I always thought it was called the Ohio Shocker. And, wow. and it, it was my first um, exposure slash education to, about Ohio, not the actual act, but just the, the concept of it originating in Ohio. Right. Um, you didn't hear about like Cincinnati chili, for example. Sure. No, I heard nothing about I heard about like something bad happened at a Who concert and then it goes straight to the shocker. Like I have right no, now. that's my entire history of Ohio pop culture. <laughs> the rest of it is <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yes. Hi, it's nice hi. to see you guys again. It's nice to see you too. 
Sloan, I've I have many things I want to I want to talk to you about. Um, I'll just I'll just start. I got a list. Please. Were you a clue on Jeopardy? Yes, I was. A what clue. the fuck? How does that that that's rad? Unpitchable, <laughs> unpitchable. I think it just happens. Um, and it was last week. I was at an airport, which is not the best place to be. So it was a delightful uh, way to distract yourself in a really egotistical way is to keep on playing a clip of people guessing your name on Jeopardy. You know, mm-hmm. better if I I would recommend doing it if you can arrange it. Just really blowing everybody's mind at the Chili's too. Yeah, <laughs> that's the other people wearing a mask of the mind. Mm. It, a mask. Well, I will say. Uh, the the gentleman who I think then went on to become Jeopardy champion, so we can't really um, you know critique him too much. Uh, but guessed pie, he didn't get it right. He guessed pie. It was I was told there'd be fill in the blank, the title of my first book, and uh, I believe the hint was a tasty treat. And I don't consider pie a tasty treat, so I don't really know where he's coming from wow. emotionally or reference wise. But um, yeah, it was it was a pretty cool experience. I've read that book, and it's a delightful book. Uh, I probably still would have guessed Bitto Honey. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was t- well at first when I actually when I first when I published my first book, they thought the cake was too uh, girly, and I have such an allergy. But I thought, well, if this isn't setting off my sensors, I don't know why it's setting off the publishing house's sensors. And you know, are you allergic to girliness or to cake? I thought I should go call it. I was told there'd be guns and ammo and get it over with. <laughs> Or my, my, my joke for the past, like, you know, several decades now has been, I should have called it, I was told there'd be rent control for all the cake I got. Sure. Yeah. You know, so something of use. Did, after the that book came out, were you inundated with cakes from everyone you've ever met? Well, it's one of these things where, you know, the, you have a book that uh, is does fairly well, and then you, uh, with it comes accompanying meetings in Hollywood, and so people would bring cake to these meetings it was probably the first the first carbs they'd seen in years <laughs> and um where do we even get one of these fucking things in <laughs> uh, a bold bold move um i remember the the nice folks at cbs at like 11 in the morning had a red velvet cake i'm like there's several levels on which this is a insane thing to do and i respect it but yeah you got to make a commitment red velvet red velvet's a disgusting cake anyway we can go down the, the, the cake <laughs> what? hole the cake, the cake hole if you want but I, that sounds weird wow. i wouldn't have balked at that pearl jam called thing, and it's but... very angry <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare say a word about edison bulbs <laughs> i always feel like we chose unwisely as a in high school we had the choice of you know i felt like nirvana or pearl jam and we went the pearl jam route but also nirvana didn't tour and we were on the east coast we had no choice but to be Pearl Jam fans, we were backed into it. You mean because <laughs> its front man was dead? <laughs> it was. This was before he died. I'm, I'm older okay. than that. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Um, okay, so topic two. Yes, topic please. one. You were a clue on Jeopardy. We yes. solved that. It was, it was very, great. Oh, wait, was they misspelled your name, Sloan. We we're skipping we're the, the juice here. Yeah, the juice of this. Look, we all know that you're very famous and successful. Of course, you were a clue on Jeopardy. However, I think the most distinctive part of you appearing as a clue on Jeopardy is that your name was misspelled. Yeah. It, what, what's strange to me about it is, um, you know, it's always hard to get a firm grasp about uh, how other people see you and your conception in the world. And, and maybe you shouldn't try. Maybe that's not a healthy exercise. But I feel like I would call myself, let's say, medium famous. I'm not this is not a J.K. Rowling situation. It's not a Dan Brown situation. I don't think anyone's ever spelled his name incorrectly. But I would think that 
you know, just sort of reverse engineering it, there must be a producer or someone on Jeopardy who was a fan and thought, well, this is, this is well known enough that, you know, there's a chance that someone might actually know it. It's, it's, it sort of, you know, passes the bar for a clue. So I would think that that person specifically would have spelled my name correctly. It's very strange. Yeah. It's not like, it's not commonly enough misspelled, um, but it's also the way it gets misspelled, which is the E gets hacked off of the, of the first name. So it's, I'm very, I almost look at it and um, it feels like they, they knew exactly how to get to me and they did. They, they knew how, they knew how to hurt me and it worked. Right. Jeopardy, yeah, Jeopardy negs you a little bit. Yeah. Ken Jennings would have spelled it right. That's my opinion. Yeah. It's just my opinion. Yeah. Just my opinion. Guess who else would have spelled it right? Kurt Cobain. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. And now we'll never know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know who else would have spelled it right? A pie. <laughs> <laughs> Which pie. is also a very good dessert, yeah. I contend. A pie who yeah. knows its own enemy, right? So it knows how to spell right. the name. <laughs> Sloan, do you dislike pie, but like, I mean, look, I'm not, we're not going to get involved in a pie or cake thing. Yeah. Because it's obviously, it's not productive. It's not productive. No, it's no, not no, productive. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. We might as well talk about the horse sized dogs and the dog sized horses or whatever it is. And icing pissing contest. No, yeah, you don't want that. Right. <laughs> Do you like cake, but not like pie at all? Because you really went hard at pie. I don't particularly love dessert. Um, mm. <laughs> okay. Well, this is, so, yeah. We have, a, we have a larger lie at, at, at work here. I think the thing is, it was just the, um, I'm sort of just, you know, as, as anyone is sort of fascinated by uh, seeing other people's brains at work, Jeopardy is a good opportunity to do that in a, in a, you know, under pressure. And the idea that it was, I was told there be, and someone, and this contestant's definition of a tasty treat was pie. I mean, I think I would think maybe brownies, cookies, lollipops, black tar heroin. I mean, I just the list goes on. <laughs> but, num num num. But pie doesn't seem like who, who craves pie. It's part of a, a traditional meal. If they would have asked me what I consider to be a tasty treat, I would have said Christ's love. Thank wow. you, Jordan. I'm also I'm changing my answer from Bitto honey to big hunk. <laughs> <laughs> Christ's love. Yeah, I'm. Oh, that's that's what happened in the in uh in the twelve years since you've been on the show. I'm like a weird religious guy. You now. are great. Oh you yeah, found Jesus. He was mm-hmm. he was in between the couch cushions the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> good, yeah. good for you. Sure, <laughs> my Apple TV remote was there too. <laughs> Jesus and app the Apple TV remote, but very easy to easy to lose. Yeah, it's yeah. As I have gotten older, I have gotten really. Positive, passionately positive about cream pies. Mm, yeah. Uh, like a banana cream pie, a chocolate cream pie. Like these are really silly pies. Well, they're, they're, they're traditionally comedic vengeance pies, right? They're not meant to yeah. be eaten, but to <laughs> be sort of projectile. Right. Yeah. yeah. In the in, in the clown community, we would call them throwing pies. <laughs> yeah, with a, with I'm a, also a clown now. <laughs> by the way, no, no G. The throwing pies. Yeah. Throwing. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pies. RIP Fatty Arbuckle. But yeah, you actually um, do eat them. I don't, I, yes, I think that the, yeah, you, you have a more sophisticated palate. I will say I would do a key lime pie. <laughs> if he said, if he said a specific pie, I mean, not to, to dwell on this, but honestly, what else is there to be frank? Let's dwell. Let's dwell. Is if he said a key lime pie, I think I would have been, maybe had the same reaction as I did in that CBS conference room when they showed me a red velvet cake. 
of just like, well, you guys went for something and I appreciate you having an opinion. It's not my it's not my opinion, but I appreciate you having one. <laughs> sure. I will say this. I, I recently visited a very long time, frequently referenced uh, over many years, friend of the show, Tyler's house in mm. uh, Woodside, California, our friend Tyler. Uh, who won the amazing race. Um, but Guys, our- I'm going to stop the cat from eating a house plant. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> is that a euphemism or is he really doing that? <laughs> it is. I'm going to go uh, stop the can- cat from eating the old house plant, if you know what I mean. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> Have fun in Ohio. We'll see you later. <laughs> Wait, so... Tyler, or does he have to pause the whole okay, thing? Okay, well, I guess we're just we'll just let Tyler we'll we'll let Jordan go take care of it. So at my friend Tyler's okay. house, we had a beautiful dinner with Tyler and his wife and his children, and they live in this beautiful place called Woodside, California, in the in the I'm forest. Back. It was uh, gorgeous. I'm just talking about Tyler's house. Oh, cool! And uh, we had this beautiful meal with a lot of uh, grilled vegetables, and it was just spectacular. Some cheeseburgers. And at the end, Tyler brings out this banana cream pie. Mm. And I almost cried from seeing this pie. And the children didn't want to eat it. And Tyler and his wife had tiny slices of pie. And I think I I felt obliged to eat half a pie. Did she make nice. the pie or he make the pie? Did either of them no, make the pie? No, it was not a homemade pie. It was a store-bought pie, but I don't care. I mean, but go, make the pie, don't make the pie. It had a graham cracker crust, which isn't my favorite, but I still ate half a pie. Well, that's actually probably better for you. Yeah, it's a a healthy slice. (laughs) Graham crackers are healthy. They help children of the late 19th century stay regular. (laughs) Is it it Joe's Stone Crab, that place in Miami? There's some sort of famous touristy place in Miami where they make the key lime pie that has the, you know, to make it correctly, the ratio, it it looks like an insane, it looks like a mullet of a pie, basically, where it's just like a thin level, like (laughs) layer of sort of slimer green, right? And then Uh you've got that kind of like sort of giant mound mohawk of of cream. This this sounds great to me. It's great. Miami, here we come. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. But yeah, no, so I don't, I haven't eaten much dessert since the, since I was told that BK came out. It's been. What are you eating for a celebration, Sloan? If you're, if you're going out for Sloan's favorite thing Mm. to munch on. Other than Christ's love, leaving aside Christ's love, you can't, yeah. nummy, ooh, nummy, ooh, it's isn't it a nummy? Yeah, love Christ. I just or the actual wafers. Yeah, my tasty treat is transubstantiation. Right, yeah. <laughs> in the body of Christ. Just Thank a you thing very I much. like yeah. just always goes down smooth. Mm. Um, I just eat the wafers before they turn into the body of Christ. I don't even. Need that makes them you to be Protestant, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, there's a word for that. Yeah. Um, Episcopalian. <laughs> oh, right, right. Sorry. I'm I'm Jewish. I wouldn't I wouldn't know. <laughs> but uh, you guys turn into the body of Christ. Nothing turns. It. Well, we believe Jesus was around. We just think he was like, you know, like townsperson number three. Exactly. Like yeah. just like a, he was like in the play. <laughs> right. He was the like Tyler of. Yeah, he was the Tyler. He's like, yeah, he, yeah. he caused he caused very little harm, um, mm-hmm. but he had to go. So yeah. <laughs> I, I just laughed maniacally at that on behalf of my people. What is my, tri- what is the thing I celebrate with? Um, I like the adult, the adult self me. Um, I, I really like a cacio e pepe and a, like a Negroni and like yeah. a salad. It's just sad. Yeah. It's what I like, like a really good, good, like, you know, green 
fat salad and like a gross, you know, very lemony pasta and a, and a good drink. I'm already imagining that this salad that you're eating is like radicchio or something. No, it's like it's a one bib. of these like pokey, a bitter a bib. A bib. Oh. I don't. I don't like a, a a sharp green. Which you, I understand why you There's would jump to these weed, conclusions. Kind of a weedy salad. Yeah, but yeah. it's not like because I don't like dessert, I don't have this like wild pendulum that therefore eats bark. You know, I mean, I have. I just, <laughs> I just eat like, I just eat like a person. But I feel no, like it's I more know like that's true. Be- I love dessert and bark. <laughs> Listen, I was, uh, I, I was in your camp for the longest time, Sloan, where like my treat was was booze, booze. <laughs> like, i'm like or yummy things that are really gross like or if i'm really being an animal and no one is around i yeah. will like i cannot keep dried mango in the house because yeah i find the serving suggestions laughable i'll eat 12 sure. servings at yeah. once and then we just yeah. see what happens to my body mm-hmm. yeah. um but no i don't have a specific a specific um like new york thing like i i feel like the right answer here for, would be for me to say i go to joe's pizza Sure. A black and white cookie or. Yeah, right. I, I just punch a pigeon, feed it a bagel, like, you know. <laughs> a nice bite of the Chrysler building. A nice, mm-hmm. a nice well, big chomp of oh, the Chrysler I'll eat anything, Deco. building. You really are obsessed with Christ. You just yes. anything put, to do with let's Christ. Let's keep the Christ in, in the Chrysler, Chrysler building. <laughs> <laughs> let's not forget that it was Christ himself that built the building. It is It is objectively the prettiest building in Manhattan. Yeah. Objectively. I was going to say, I like. I made it like a conscious choice to like cut back on drinking recently and when i did that i became pie and ice cream guy yeah in a insane way because you just, just needed crazy... an extra thing that wasn't your meal is that it you just I, need an yeah, ancillary I think it might be just like the body wants the sugar um, oh right the sugar i was getting from <laughs> tequila well were you having pina coladas every night i had a booth at jimmy buffett's margaritaville <laughs> at universal city walk and uh <laughs> I would just say, keep the boat drinks coming. One of those like mar- home margarita machines <laughs> that are like advertised mm-hmm. on TV <laughs> every day. Like yeah. your methadone is like a Midori sour. It's disgusting. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I I was just in LA on book tour, and I have to say, every time I'm in um, somewhere else, like I'm in LA, I eat really well. I went to that place all time, which is super oh. trendy. Oh yeah, but all the food is fresh. Like I feel like the worst food in Los Angeles. I guess it's just more gleaming and colorful and and tastes more freshly plucked than anything that would be very nice here. Close to the only restaurant that I eat at in Los Angeles. And look, uh, do I eat at Pie and Burger in Pasadena once in a while? Yes, of course. Or we wouldn't discuss it so much on this show. Sure. It's <laughs> almost the only topic. Some people say it's the third host of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Christ, um, the fifth lady. Yes. <laughs> in a lot of ways, Pie and Burger is a character in Jordan Jesse Go. Right, yes. Um, but Christ, <laughs> New York City, <laughs> Pie and Burger, yeah. and of course, Samantha. <laughs> the only restaurant that I really eat at is a sort of a Mexican-American type restaurant that's down the street from my house called La Beja, where really the foods come in a variety of browns. Mm. There is... It is a real sort of earth-toned 1970s right. color palette in the food. It is like the the shag carpeting in your uncle's den. Everything is a variety of tan and brown. Some like yeah, if you're lucky you'll get a beige. Yeah, exactly. It's like and, brown encased mm-hmm. in beige. And all I have to say about it is num num. But it's how it's yeah. done. Like I feel like my favorite place in San Francisco is like La Taqueria. 
Yeah. But like, again, we just don't do, I don't, I, it's funny. I feel like, um, it's weird to rag on the culinary scene of, of New York city of all places. But I think that, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we pride. Like, I just don't, we don't have the best of, uh, a lot of genres and ethnicities of food. It's, it's considering who lives here. It's, it's bizarre, but we, but, but no one else does a bagel like we do. So there's that. The bagels are good. The bagels are good. When I was in New York, uh, I was in New York, I guess last week or something like that. Um, I stayed in one of the hottest neighborhoods and of course you're up on all the hip Murray Hill. Uh, it's called Midtown. And, um, (laughs) it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I did do some gourmet eating. I, uh, I ordered Grubhub out of a Momofuku that was in a mall next door to my uh, hotel. There was a Momofuku there in the mall. So I ordered that night. Uh, what mall in Midtown? I don't know. This is just this mall there right next to my, right next to my hotel. You're like, listen, something happened to me, okay? Don't grill me when I'm <laughs> I was hungry and I ate a I ate a cumin noodle. Um How was it? It was pretty good. I mean, no complaints. I'm gonna be frank with you. But when I was walking around Midtown, which again, probably almost certainly the hippest neighborhood in New York City, if not in the country, they say it's the Brooklyn of New York. Um mm-hmm. I uh, uh, I noticed that there was Magnolia Bakery there right next to my thing, and I was just I was just struck by the fact that when those things come, they do stay. Like the peak of Magnolia Bakery in the Sex and the City era was like twenty years ago or something now, and mm-hmm. but there it is. It's still present and available if you want it. And also what's crazy is that um, after your own heart in the future, the only what I find the only really edible thing there and it's beyond edible. It's delicious is their uh, banana cream pudding. Oh, my God. God I'm sorry to say but with the Nilla, but they have like Nilla wafers oh, in it. Get that pud. The <laughs> L.A. Uh, the L.A. Magnolia was by my old apartment and uh you know, it's one of those things where I'd walk by and I'm like, oh, look at this dumb thing. Like, yeah. Look at these dumb jerks standing in line for their fucking Instagram. Meh, meh, meh. I like how you're like, you should have like a, yeah, it's like you should like, you're you're talking like an old timey reporter. Wondering why these people are online for all the cupcakes. Yeah. See, why aren't they, <laughs> yeah. uh, why aren't they hitting hard in the South Pacific? <laughs> why aren't our boys uh, uh, <laughs> harvesting scrap iron? I don't know. Our boys overseas need Copycakes. Right. <laughs> Copycakes for the war effort. But I, I did go in and try that banana pudding after having, ah. you know, 90 people tell me, like, go get that banana that's pudding. That's the thing to like, get. Yep. That's fucking, it's great. And I would like, you know, I would get it and bring it to parties and it was always a big hit and stuff. Yeah. That banana pudding rules. It is. It's the only thing I can eat when I'm sick. When I, when I, uh, oh. when I feel like I'm going to, like, if I'm really sick, if I have like food poisoning or, or some sort of uh, thing where the food is competing to sort of exit out my major organs mm-hmm. is like the one thing that can like slip through the gauntlet like get past, like get past the bouncer and be like all right come on in get through the field of lasers <laughs> yeah. like Catherine so it's not like Jones. private party we're really sick <laughs> like, and then the and in. then later the banana pudding's doing coke in the bathroom <laughs> off of one of its own wafers <laughs> <laughs> oh that dude's fucked up <laughs> i gotta say i had read a lot in a uh, I don't know if you guys have heard. I, again, I read a lot of really cool periodicals, but I was checking out something called the New York Times, 
And there's mm. a lot of articles in there about this giant chocolate chip cookie. And I happened to be walking down the street to the next of the giant chocolate chip cookie store. It's like a tall cookie. It's basically a muffin. It's basically the size of right. a muffin. And it has a lot of <laughs> chocolate chips and nuts in it. And um, I eat this cookie. And I'm going to be frank with you guys. I thought it was bullshit. That was a bullshit no, cookie. I did no. not like the famous cookie of New York City, the famous giant Wait, cookie. Is it a, are you, 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 you're trying to protect the, the hardworking people who made the cookie, but is it a Levan cookie? No. I, look, I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to insult the hardworking people that made this giant cookie. Exactly. Okay. So well, you dragged Pearl Jam through the mud. You found we're Yeah. Those are what about, hardworking people. What about Stone Gossard, Jesse? He works hard. <laughs> that, was too. Jean, that was Jean Grey, and she's more cantankerous than I. Okay, she's and, known as the cantankerous the one. Cookie. Some think she's too mean on Judge John Hodgman. Some think she's too funny. Um, slash good. Um, they're looking for my generic contributions. Um, uh, yeah, I thought it was a bullshit cookie. But what is a thing? What is a thing that you can get in New York, Sloan, other than bagels? Let's bagels yeah, are bagels that's is too, too cliche, obvious. right? Yeah, that's too, too cliche, obvious. Yeah. And also, we've we finally got good bagels here in Los Angeles. So oh, the I know what you're talking we're about. We're not sweating and, anymore. And come on, there's a, there's a machine now that converts our tap water <laughs> to your tap water. Yeah, but enjoy the uh, the moldy jam across the street from that. Wow! From that bagel, <laughs> wow. You know, shots fired at squirrels. I, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> Out. <laughs> um, Ouch! Yeah, baking in your in your hot, beautiful sun. We love the, <laughs> we love the mold, Sloan. It's more authentic. <laughs> the mold has antioxidants. I usually eat bagels because normally I don't. If I'm in New York, I'm not staying in Midtown. Normally, I'm sleeping yeah. on a fold out couch in John Hodgman's office. And uh, John Hodgman, That's where I am lives, right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Great sound quality in there. Mere, Mere blocks from Judge John Hodgman's office is a place called the Bagel Hole. And uh, the Bagel Hole is something that I look forward to every time I visit. Now, Jesse, how many fit in there? (laughs) (laughs) How many would you say you could comfortably fit? Two in the salt, one in the everything? I don't know. Let's we'll let's go, we'll come back to this. Um, but the, <laughs> I don't know if that's it. The bagel hole is a the bagel hole is a, a true a truly fantastic bagel. I don't know if it's the best bagel in New York. I know there's a lot of contention mm. around that. Um, but I, I will say that it is certainly among, if not the best bagel I've ever enjoyed. And it's just a joy to have it right there. Like when you're staying in a place you're not familiar with, and you can bleary eyed wander down to a place and buy a bagel for breakfast when you're hungry. And can't mm-hmm. cook breakfast to for yourself. Um, it's a it's a treasure. And then fucking Hodgman followed them on Facebook and found them posting like QAnon stuff. No. <laughs> I was like, God damn it! Why did you tell me? Like, not just why are they posting it? They're posting it because they're crazy people. But I don't care. That's fine. Just give me the bagels. But then Hodgman told me about it. So now where am I going to go? The fancy coffee place. I don't even drink coffee. They don't even have food. That's how fancy the fucking coffee place is. You don't drink coffee? I don't drink coffee. Is the fancy coffee place a, a bodega? And that's I, why you're like, no, it's you're a, like it's, they have all these other things they're selling. It's a very <laughs> fancy coffee place and they don't, it's too fancy to sell. There's one level of fancy is, is like, uh, is like not great pastries. One level above that 
is good pastries in the pastry case, you know, like things you would actually want to eat. That's a fancy coffee place. A really fancy coffee place is mad at you for wanting a pastry. Right. And that's it's just a guy. Yeah. It's a guy in a leather apron who has a graduated cylinder. Yes. Everything, <laughs> right. Everything takes 19 right. minutes to get. And you're like, why is this smoking? And like, they're like, that's part sort of it. Of looks like he should be working in like the sort of bottom chamber of Titanic. Yeah. Just like just throw, throwing coal into something, you know, yeah. I don't know. I or went or to steam that, engine. I went to that version of that place once in um, Joshua Tree. Mm-hmm. Know it? Um and yeah, same thing. No food, just like a guy with a braided beard and a leather apron, yeah. like behind a used bookstore. <laughs> You're like, braided. is that Jason Momoa serving yeah. coffee? <laughs> yeah, it is Jason. Yes, if Jason Momoa decided to decided to put all his energy into coffee instead of uh, getting uh, yoked and being pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I feel like I so I am vaguely allergic to caffeine, which is a very strange thing um, because it's not a, an instantaneous allergy like a, a bee sting. It it doesn't require like an epipen, but it, it builds up over time. And what's strange about that is um I get decaf everything, but I also like fancy coffee drinks. So I end up getting these you know when I do go exorbitantly expensive, ineffective things, and so what you're describing that, that sort of look of disdain, um, which I really experienced, I think mostly in high school when I like worked in a mall, like the, the people hated us, the teens that were working (laughs) in the mall, the customers, and we hated the customers with like, just sort of like equal, like aplomb. Um, but, uh, I could sense this look on the barista. What's the old, um, I'm going to blank. I think it's a Stephen Wright bit where he talks about, um, or maybe George Carlin where he talks about, you know, when people give him flyers on the street, it's like they're saying, "Hey, can you throw this out? Like, can you throw this out?" <laughs> and I feel like, yeah, you throw this out. And I feel like when the baristas, when I order a, you know, a decaf oat milk latte, right. they're like, "Why don't I? Why don't you just give me six fifty and I'll pour this down the sink?" I can yeah. feel it. <laughs> I can feel it coming from them, and I'm like, "Just let me live my life." I know it's a, it's a sad one, but just let me live it. With this guy, I was like, I remember going, uh, "I'll take, I'll just take two two coffees with a little bit of room." Um, oh boy. And he he turns around and then he, you know, 19 minutes later after he's done <laughs> splitting the atoms or whatever, uh, gives me the two coffees. He's like, here's your coffees. And uh, as for cream, it's not necessary. <gasps> oh, doesn't even have it. And Jordan doesn't even have it and doesn't want me to want it. You know what? You're getting a little taste of what it's like. And I don't mean to to pivot here, but I genuinely mean this. You're getting a taste of what it's like to be a woman and get your hair done. (laughs) Because they you sit in these freaking chairs and, you know, people who look at you as if you've not had, you know, 40 plus years with Mm. the same hair. (laughs) Like, you know, no, no, it looks great this way. It looks great curly. It looks great straight. No, you should leave it like this. Do it like this. And I'm like, where is your authority coming from? Yeah. Well, it's coming <laughs> from upstairs, if you know what I'm talking to... about. <laughs> uh, but you know what? We can't I'll hop, skip, and a jump till Christ. Yeah. It's really hard to to leave him out of conversation when it's, he's following you with those footprints. Jordan, is it difficult? <laughs> <laughs> and when he's carrying you, yeah. when he's literally carrying yeah. you through real, hard time. Christ, Christ. You know what? Christ knows there's room for, room for milk. When he he's carrying yeah. you, all he wants to talk about is that new Star Trek show 
you're like blah, blah 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 blah, and you're like, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet, Jesse. Like, yeah, stop no spoilers, it. Christ. Yeah, yeah. Jordan, you'll drink. I mean, it's the captain before Kirk. There was one before Kirk. Jordan, you're the most avowed of all the coffee drinkers I know. You're the most committed to just like diner coffee, uh, like the most basic coffees. Like there have yeah. been times that's in your changed, life. That's changed, a, that's changed a little bit in recent years. I feel like my my palate's improved a little bit. Um, improved. Why am I making a value judgment? It's changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I still for do the better. Like, for the better. <laughs> I what I'm saying is I'm better. Yeah. Me, me, me. Yeah. Um, well, you live on the coast. Sure. I am. No, I'm a coast. I'm a coastal elite. Um. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I, I think I do, I can like you know detect the notes and stuff these days. But also, I still really like just getting coffee at Seven Eleven, you know. So anyway, the number one thing that I, the number one context in which I am at a coffee place mm-hmm. uh, or buying a drink at a coffee place is, uh, I mean, like I'll, I'll follow my wife. My wife is a real coffee fanatic, and I'll follow her into a place, but she mostly makes coffee at home. Because it's better that way, um, as far as she's concerned. But uh, I, and I'll follow her sheepishly in in the manner of that, like of like a, a dude in a women's clothing boutique who's sitting on a chair outside <laughs> the changing room holding a purse, um, like a classic like Lockhorns level amount of discomfort. But um, uh, but the main place, the main context in which I will go to a coffee drink place is if there is if I'm in an airport. And there is like a coffee bean or a Starbucks. I will mm. get in the line and then just order the milkshake. Like, you know how they sell a milkshake there? Like there's one item oh, on the menu. Like, without coffee in it. Yeah, like it's it's like a vanilla hibiscus, uh, you know, ice flow, uh, sugar treat or something like that it's called mm-hmm. on the menu uh it's like the stuff they're drinking in those soda shoppies in utah yeah exactly you know and, I mean? oh, that's right like, yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. shoppies and yeah the shoppies i don't know why i want that in an airport and not in the rest of my life i don't know why i'm willing to wait in line behind <laughs> people who are getting coffee that they need because they need the caffeine or whatever um but i 100 percent like in an airport i will eat chicken nuggets uh, very happily, and I will order one of those seven dollar, like ice milkshakes that they sell at the at, at a Starbucks. But I think if I, uh, no one is asking me to, mm-hmm. to do this, but if I might intercede here, I think that uh, Jordan's association with diner coffee and your association with airport um, grotesqueness—I don't even know what to call it—in mm-hmm. <laughs> a cup mm-hmm. um, are similar because it's associative. It's like the reason why, like you, I feel like I sometimes like having, even, you know, if it's decaf coffee, like it feels like a time when I was like staying up all night and smoking cigarettes and just being kind of terrible. Mm -hmm. And that's what like crappy diner coffee reminds me of. So in a weird way, it reminds me of this like heedless youth. And then the airport thing is just like, you don't exist as a person normally there. And it's almost like you're just leaning into it, but I highly doubt you're getting anything out of that beverage. I, there's a scene in uh, your book right at the beginning where your protagonist uh, leaves a, a dinner gathering at a restaurant to go outside and smoke a cigarette. And uh, I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. People used to go outside to smoke a cigarette. 
I remember that. That was totally a thing. Like it was a vivid, it was a vivid <laughs> like sense memory of not even me. I was never a smoker, but like people going outside to smoke a cigarette as a very important thing. Right. Or just a, um, almost a civilized thing. Like, obviously, like mm-hmm. almost like we're going to adjourn. Yeah. Now I think in restaurants, people vape marijuana or something. I mean, people will, <laughs> I mean, first of all, the insert, the, I mean, we, we were, none of us were alive when people were. I think, well, we, at least we weren't going to restaurants when people were smoking in restaurants. Like there were smoking sections, maybe of diners a little bit. Yeah. We probably caught the tail end of that. Um, Primarily our night. moms were smoking while they were pregnant with us pregnant. in restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> my, dad, my dad was a smoker and I definitely remember like sitting when he with was him pregnant. in the smoking. Yes, my, <laughs> my pregnant dad, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger from the movie Junior. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. I remember going like sitting with him in smoking sections and like eating while he smoked. So yeah, that was kind of the tail end of my childhood, maybe. Maybe, yeah. When okay, so maybe the tail end. But with your own monies and your own hard earned dollars spending spending money on food, you weren't also sitting there and like, you know, putting a cigarette out in an omelet and then getting up in a in a huff. <laughs> um, my right. dream, my real dream. You asked me my my craving, uh. my favorite New York food, it's a cigarette in an omelet. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that the the <laughs> The the idea of it, I mean, it still happens, I just think, more in New York than L.A., which is, is like a fairly obvious statement, you know, more health conscious um, culture in L.A. But so it still it still feels like a thing to do to to go out and smoke on a cigarette on the street. I mean, I go I'll go out with friends and not smoke a cigarette. <laughs> um, it just feels like a nice break in the meal. Yeah, guys, I, I don't mean to interrupt here, but um, me and my cool friend, uh, Kel. Mm. who's a graphic designer we um we're gonna go smoke and talk shit about you so do you guys want to take a little break and yeah Yeah. jordan here is talking about kel from keenan and kel uh he's a graphic designer now um but jordan and him have been friends ever since uh kel was on all that and uh jordan went to every taping of all that as an audience member they became friends. Mm-hmm. That's a really beautiful, supportive story. Yeah. I'm happy you have it. Yeah, Jordan yeah. also. So we're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna go talk a, shit about you guys. Yeah, Jordan also worked as uh, as a guy who focus grouped Good Burger. <laughs> got invited to focus group Good Burger. <laughs> it's the only perfect score we ever got. Yeah. <laughs> in that job. Well, it's important to beef up your resume, if you will. Let's take yeah. a quick break. <laughs> oh, so sorry. Wait, come Thank on, you. come on. So Let's... Sorry. Uh, so listen, sorry. I was looking for a, I was looking for an elegant way to get out, but you're not we're not gonna do better than beef up your resume. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll be come back on. in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hey, every episode of Jordan, Jesse Go made possible by the members of MaximumFun.org. We're very grateful to you. Uh, when we say this, sometimes I worry. We say it too many times. It turns into just a bunch of noises. But it really is the case that your memberships are what make this show possible. So thank you for doing that. We're also supported this week by the good folks over at Raycon. Ooh, uh, Raycon. I love Jesse. Yeah. I love my Raycon earbuds. W- why? Because of the optimized gel tips? The optimized gel tips for perfect in ear fit. Yeah. And the fact that they look, feel, and sound better than ever. 
Are you tired of subpar gel tips? I know I am. Yeah. Optimize your gel tips with the headphones of the good people at Raycon. You know who took my Raycons? It's my wife, Teresa. Oh, yeah. Now she uses them for jogging around and going for walks. Bad. That's what I like to use Raycons for as well. They're they're terrific. Raycons are one of those one of those gadgets that you have where you're like, hey, these work every time exactly like I want them to. Yeah. Can I tell you a feature that I like? Hmm. I like to switch back and forth between noise isolation and awareness mode. Whoa. It makes me feel like I'm in like an oversound designed movie from the late 1990s. Hmm. Mid to late 1990s, like a post Pulp Fiction kind of like edgy, swearing hitman kind of movie where it's like moving back and forth between his internal monologue and the outside world. Jesse, you know, something I like to listen to on Raycons, not just music, but I also I'm a big audio book guy. Our uh, our guest this week, Sloan Crosley, her new book is available via audiobook maybe this is something you could listen to on your raycons i bet it would sound beautiful check out raycons wireless earbuds go to buyraycon.com slash jj go to get 15 percent off your raycon order that's buyraycon.com slash jj go to score 15 percent off buyraycon.com slash jj go also supported this week by the folks over at stitch fix yeah, whatever your style now more than ever, it's time to rock it. Jesse, mm-hmm. are you are you ready to 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 rock your style? Yeah, you know what my style is? Hmm. Sexy fireman calendar. Heck yeah. <laughs> I think you can find <laughs> the stuff for your sexy fireman look at Stitch Fix. Uh Stitch Fix is a really really great website, a really really great service. I use it. I totally love it. Here's what you do. It's easy and fun to get started. You go online, you take a really fun quiz, uh, you answer some questions about what you like to wear, what you don't. You just type in suspenders, and mm-hmm. then you put in short shorts, mm-hmm. and then you put in fireman hat. Listen, I don't know if Stitch Fix is currently carrying short shorts or fireman hats, but... Then untied boots, like unlaced boots. <laughs> they do They do have a lot of great stuff. Uh, here's what they do. An expert stylist will work to find items exclusively for you. Every piece is hand-picked. Uh, they send you five pieces. You try them on at home. You keep what you love. You send back what you don't. All the shipping returns and exchanges are free. They actually put a bag in the box it's really easy it's not even you don't have to print something out you don't there's a bag waiting for you you just shove it in there and give it to the carrier it is that simple it is really genuinely easy yeah and and if you and kind of when you do take that quiz uh they make a little online store just for you so if you're like between shipments and you need a couple little pieces this this exact thing happened to me recently i needed needed a couple of new things so i just went on stitch fix and took a look at that online store and uh yeah found a lot of great stuff that was uh my style and fit so yeah stitch fix uh is totally awesome Sign up today at stitchfix.com slash jjgo to get $20 off your first purchase. That's stitchfix.com slash jjgo to get $20 off your first purchase. Limited time offer. Purchase within two days of sign up. Now, Jordan, I don't want to speak broadly about Jordan Jessica listeners. No. But some of them may be attending SDCC, which is what I call San Diego Comic-Con. That's great. That seems like that would save you a lot of time. 
It does. I mean, the problem, there's a, I have a problem in my life, which is what they call pace of play. Mm. And Commissioner Rob Manfred has asked that I refer to San Diego Comic-Con as SDCC. Right. Streamline things. Yeah. And then take no more than 15 seconds between pitches. Uh, yeah, hey, our our buddy Sarah Morgan and I will be at Comic-Con signing uh, copies of our graphic novel, Bubble. Um, we got nominated for a couple of Eisner Awards, so we'll be there attending the award show. Is Michael Eisner going to be there? He will be appearing via video from okay. atop Tinkerbell's castle. <laughs> and then he'll introduce Flubber. <laughs> and we'll all watch Flubber on a Friday night with our moms. <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> so Michael Eisner will be there handing out the awards. Um, uh, so that's Friday night, but, uh, Thursday afternoon at two 30, uh, Sarah and I will be at the first second, uh, first second. That's our publisher. Uh, we'll be at their booth, uh, signing books. And, uh, Jesse, I wanted to just, I wanted to, wanted to throw out a, a challenge. Okay. If anybody, uh, the first person to come to the booth, to get a to to buy a book or get a photo or whatever, uh, if we if they we see them in with any maximum fun merchandise or cosplay, free gift. Wow, free, free gift, gift without from, purchase from yours truly. And listen, here's what we we would love if some people would do a little bubble cosplay that would make mm-hmm. our day. But I realize- would love to see someone dressed as Emily Heller. Sure. Yes. From yeah, baby you could just dress dress as any Max Fun host. Uh, so yeah, if you're if you're if you're rocking any Max Fun merchandise uh, or or Max Fun related cosplay, um, hit us up at the booth and I'll uh, I'll I'll give you a free prize. Uh, but yeah, we'd, we're we're really excited to uh, to be able to do stuff and uh, to see everybody and to sign books. So uh, yeah, that is two thirty uh, on Thursday the twenty first, San Diego Comic Con first second booth. I don't have an exact location for that, but maybe uh, keep an eye on social media and uh, we'll, we'll tweet out and post out the exact location when we get it. Um, but yeah, Thursday at two thirty, would love to see you there, Jordan. I'm going to issue a challenge myself. Mm-hmm. This is Jesse Thorne San Diego Comic Con challenge. Uh, I'm going to be going down there for the. I'm a honored to be a guest of sarah and you in first second at san diego comic-con and the eisner awards i'm really excited about it really looking forward to it i'm going to be coming down on the uh, coast starlight wait Ooh. the pacific surf liner what's Ooh, it called oh, the yeah, pacific the surf, surf liner. liner sure yeah yeah the pacific surf liner the amtrak train between los angeles and san diego california <laughs> it's a beautiful ride uh sometimes you can catch the sun setting over the pacific i mean this is a this is a gorgeous train. Um, I'll be sitting in business class. I did just look. I'm willing to spend the extra fifteen dollars for a reserved seat. You like to splay out, <laughs> and uh, if you spot me in business class, I'll buy you a snack pack. Ooh, yeah, cheese and crackers. Mm-hmm. Cheese and crackers, and probably like a protein stick. Whoa, in there, shelf stable foods. So. You know, you don't have to worry about anything that's gone bad. And hey, yeah, you know, if any, if anybody out there, if anybody out there is doing a podcast, doing a something, uh, we're we're happy to we're, we're we're if you need a couple of guests last minute. Listen, if you're doing a panel and if Tom Taylor gets COVID and can't show up, mm-hmm. call Sarah and I. We're happy to fill in. 
I hope Tom Taylor doesn't get COVID, by the way. We, we want the best for him. You guys are already on the Arrow panel, right? Yeah, we are, which is weird because I stopped watching that show a while ago. Not because it was bad. Just, you know, there's a lot of content and I kind of fell behind and I meant to catch up. So, yeah, I'm just going to be like kind of piecing together stuff I remember from the first season. I think he did a lot of chin-ups. <laughs> uh, yeah, go get, look, if you're going to Comic-Con, Make sure to uh, stop by, get your copy of Bubble autographed or get your copy of Bubble. Take a picture with uh, Jordan and Sarah. They're a good looking pair. They're going to class up your Comic-Con photo album. Um, You know, do your cosplays, share it on social media. This is your responsibility as a Jordan Jesse Go listener. It is. What have we ever done for you? Do this for us. Sure. (laughs) And maybe we'll do something for you sometime. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jessica. I'm Jesse Thorne, the King of New York. Jordan Morris Boy Detective. Sloan Crosley, the crumbling inferno. Sloan, okay, so I have a I have a I have a question for you that is about your novel and your own life experience. Um, so I, the novel is called cult classic. Maybe with without having any spoilers, maybe we'd say it, it involves a semi cult, uh, but people with uh, one colored clothing, one. <laughs> Like a full set, like of, a monochromatic pajama. Here yeah, and there. exactly sure. that yeah. kind of situation. So, what I want to know is, in all of your years in New York, what is the most cult adjacent situation that you have been in? Oh wow! That's and I haven't prepared really you for this question. at all. Yeah, no, but it's a really good question, and I know I sound like I'm filibustering like a politician commenting on the quality of the question <laughs> while I think of the answer. <laughs> but I think uh, uh, jobs, uh, so infrastructure, <laughs> family, the bike lanes, lanes. It's just bike lanes. Bike <laughs> lanes. <laughs> um, okay, so I would say, wow, okay, the most two cult-like individual experiences one i once went to this art gallery dinner in the early aughts which is which you know when i when i describe it certainly sounds of its time um i can't can't remember what's known as the red velvet era the red velvet it is the red velvet era that's really true and this will this will bolster that um theory uh, it was an art gallery and it was a dinner in an art gallery where everything was gold, including the food. So they put like, they had like squid ink risotto, but with gold leaf color covering it. Um, or things were spray painted with gold food coloring. Um, and it felt like, like Willy Wonka's very rich aunt <laughs> like, hosted this thing, but everybody was taking, I think what made it feel so cult-like is it was, it was all these fancy art people, and nobody was batting an eye that this was happening. And I, I think maybe perhaps they had more of a heads up. You know, they had uh, had some literature, some pamphlets, um, perhaps run, won some sort of charity auction that got them to the dinner. I just knew more about it. I thought it was just dinner in an art gallery space with a friend of mine. And I just could not get over it. And it, it felt very Emperor's New Clothes. I have a question. Are you? Yeah, sure. There's lots there. There's lots to unpack. <laughs> How confident are you, Sloan, that this food was spray painted with food coloring and not just with Rust-Oleum. Um, I mean, I'm still feeling the effects. So I mean, I let me I'm ask not, you this, Sloan. Not very. Was the food rusting? 
QED. It has been demonstrated. It was not rusting. It was not. This exact thing happened to me. I showed up. I thought I was just grabbing dinner with a friend and, you know, they lay out everything was gold. gold. It was just it felt it felt like if I if I if I ended the story with, you know, and then you guys were there, it it would sound like a dream. But but it's a thing that actually happened. (laughs) You know, it was like my high school, but not my dad was here, but he didn't have a head. (laughs) (laughs) And I just felt like it was that was really strange um and then i would say after that uh working in book publishing probably it's the yeah the most cult like sure. experience mm, i ever yeah. had but no i i've never um i think the kind of uh community or, or wellness culture gone wrong with or cranked up to the to the sort of highest levels is really something that is uh not i don't associate with new york that much like yeah. there aren't that many, like the idea of a secret club in New York is actually pretty cool and pretty common. But the idea that what's behind that door is anything besides green juice, I, I, maybe in the future, <laughs> but probably not. I you came know. so we do close. More, we do have more active cults in LA. You and do. Have pretty good restaurants. <laughs> they have, oh, you do. Yeah. I've, been to, I've had brunch at the Scientology. So I don't think they oh, serve it anymore. Do they serve? I don't know. The brunch might be over, but you can still, yeah. you can still have a really killer soju cocktail at the end of the seventh ray. <laughs> Do you know of all the sentences I thought I was going to hear when I woke up this morning? That was yeah. that was number one. I don't have their liquor license, but they do a good job with the soju <laughs> at the end of the yeah. seventh ray. <laughs> like in all seriousness, there's, there's not much cult activity, but that's sort of why I think I set this kind of club like cult like thing in New York because I think it can it can pass through under the radar and it can have, even though the book has a sort of uh, speculative fiction kind of magical wacky bent to it. Uh, I think that when I wrote it, at least I thought of it as very plausible because it's not an actual, like it's not like wild country, wild, wild country. You know? I came very close when I was in New York to going to a private club. I mean, the thing about New York is that New York has them. Like in Los Angeles, there is like a fake one on the West side and there is, uh, you know, like a newfangled one for people who are very rich, but aspire to be graphic designers. And then Ouch. there is one in <laughs> my friend. Kel is going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> Kel, he's talking shit about you. <laughs> there's one, there's like an athletic club. There's, but it, but right. it's, it has clubby elements in downtown Los Angeles. It's been around forever. Uh, but New York is full of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met Nico Lowry while I was there, who is right. uh, he's uh, an appraiser on the Antiques Roadshow. I had met him when I went to the Antiques Roadshow. He said, well, when, when you're in New York, text me and we'll go to the Players Club. Mm-hmm. And which I knew only as a rap and forte song, but a great. <laughs> Rap and Forte song, a truly transcendent Rap and Forte song. So I was totally on board. And then uh, Nico was nice enough to come to um, the Judge John Hodgman show. I, I, you know, got to hang out and talk to him and and his companion. It was a, it was very fun. He's like, well, Friday night we're going to the Players Club. They're like, do you play pool? I'm like, no. And they're like, well, you do now. Uh, it was great. It was it was going to be great. And then Nico uh, Nico got a cold and he was didn't mm-hmm. want to give COVID to me or anything very kindly. So he texted me. And so when he texted me, I just got off the subway and did 
what I think is probably the second most sophisticated thing uh, I could have done on that Friday night, which is I I got off, walked through Times Square, uh, and bought a rush ticket to the Music Man. (laughs) Just a single rush ticket to see Hugh Jackman in the Music Man with 20,000 uh unmasked 64 year old uh white tourists did you feel like you were in new york's hottest club oh the music god man? yes oh. <laughs> they got everything here 76 trombone shapoopy <laughs> one and in the iron lung. we're not sure what's next sure. to <laughs> oh get a load of that librarian <laughs> oh. but i do feel well we're, well we're more influenced in every way for better or worse you know um i think we're just it's it's I don't think it gets much credit for this, but it's our proximity to London. Yeah. Like it's all our old school crap that gets, you know, that is like a holdover from our, our previous overlords. Um, and that includes a uh, exclusive club like culture. I don't think it's actually that we are remotely cool. I said to Nico, I was like, well, I've never, I've never really been, I've been to the, the like aspiring graphic designers club, both in Los Angeles and in London, but that's like I've never been to one with what I want, which is a, like leather booths or whatever, right? Uh, okay. Or like a people like like staff that wear tuxedos or something. Like that sounds great to me. And uh, I told Nico, I was like, you know, I have often thought if I wasn't if, if I wasn't eligible for the John Hodgman's Office Foldout Sofa Club, mm. um, that I would love to join the Princeton Club. Because my wife, for some reason, because she went to Sarah Lawrence, qualifies for the Princeton Club. Plus, there's probably, I mean, Jordan, I don't know if you've looked at the alumni stuff, but there's probably a reciprocal relationship between the Princeton Club and the UC Santa Cruz Club, right? You know, no, there's not, actually. Really? Banana slugs. Well, where do Princeton Princeton (laughs) graduates stay when they're in Merced? (laughs) <laughs> the merced double tree <laughs> i told i told him like you know i've often i've often fantasized because it's one of these clubs where it has like hotel rooms that you can stay in and they're like discount hotel rooms or something i was like this is great i'm gonna join this club every time i look it up i remember that it costed thousands of dollars and it didn't make sense but i'd be i'll, I'll join this club that i'm eligible to join through marriage to a sister college of princeton college and I'm going to stay in this weird club like I was uh, Worcester. And then Nico immediately said, oh, the Princeton Club went out of business. It was $20 million in debt. Wow. I was like, God damn it. That's the only one I qualified for. That's all. Uh, this is really exciting. We have, uh, thanks to our producer, Brian Sunday Fernandez, some telephone calls that are follow-ups to momentous occasions of course uh momentous occasions are famous segment where people call in and say stuff so now what they're doing is calling up and saying what has happened since they said the stuff Mm. yeah and when we say famous medium famous would you say jordan no high famous oh high famous dude everybody's talking about this thing it's famous among people who are high yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are super baked. You love this segment. It's funnier than an episode of South Park. So we've been doing for your for your for your information, Sloan. We've been doing this show since the mid seventies. So we have a lot of momentous occasions over the years, and we've asked people to call in with these updates. And Brian has a couple. So Brian, why don't you play one? Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Sunny D. Guest. I'm going to guess it's. Uh... David Borey. 
Um, this is Close. Dave from Indiana. You know me as Kids Doctor Dave. Um, I'm calling with an update to a previous momentous occasion. So three years ago, I was at 11,000 feet in Argentina at the top of a mountain watching a glacier break off a chunk, which caused a little avalanche that I could see from a distance, which was pretty awesome. Uh, so today I am in Death Valley. I'm at 286 feet below sea level and um, I'm in the Badwater Salt Flats and it's 117 degrees. I just want to say, God, it's so fucking hot. Yeah, I think that's really fair. That's it. I love you. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Love you too, uh, kids, Dr. Dave. Um, He's like, you know me as? I'm like, no, I don't, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know him as kids, Dr. Dave. He's on the Reddit. He's on the Reddit, oh. Jordan. Come on, get with it. Kids, Dr. Dave. He's on Twitter. This guy's a real doctor. He's a medical doctor, Jordan. Right, He's a pediatrician. Who do you even call when you have a boil? You don't call kids, Dr. Dave? I call my shaman at the end of the seventh ray. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I They uh, apply soju, and <laughs> it's a natural healing. Thank you. <laughs> well, kids, Dr. Dave has a real liquor license. Thank you very much. Wow. Doesn't have to serve <laughs> soju cocktails. Oh, my God. Um, do, would cool. you say that kids, Dr. Dave is the Jordan Jesse Go listener who's had the largest variance in altitudes? Or would you say that maybe it's Chuck Yeager? Yeah, Chuck Yeager, um, although, I mean, he stopped listening a while ago. He's one of those, like, oh, I used to listen to the show, people. You know, and you're you like, what the like, fuck, oh, I used to listen legendary to that. test pilot Chuck Yeager? Why would you yeah, say that say to you me? Used to. It's like say, I know it's, it's okay fine. if you did. I get it. I get it. I get. There's a lot of shows. We. It's fine if you fall asleep to Jordan Jesse Gold. That's a great look. We all have a sure. thing that comforts us enough to fall asleep to, but it's still weird to just say it. Sure, just say because we're trying to make a show that's entertaining. Show. Don't say, yeah, we get it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I want to. I I feel like I want to encourage callers to call in from. Both high highs and deep depths, I think, yeah. if you're in a trench. Oh, God, I'd love to hear from a trench. Do you think we got anybody in the Marianas right now? God, I hope so. <sighs> what if one of our listeners was an anglerfish? You know, with the little light bulb that sticks oh, yeah, out of his sure. head? Yeah. God, <laughs> I'd love that. I mean, they don't see well, but maybe maybe they can hear if there's those new uh, earbuds have noise canceling and everything. Mm-hmm. You know who I think is listening to us deep within a trench under the sea? Who's that? James Cameron. Oh, God. Wouldn't it, isn't that submarine. the dream to be in one of James Cameron's subs? Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, if you're listening, take us in the sub. Jordan, can I say this, too? Mm-hmm. If we can't be in one of in one of Cameron's submarines, I'd be in one of his submarine sandwiches. Put me in a hoagie. <laughs> yeah. you know, why not? This guy's getting lunch ordered in. You know he's getting hoagies. Put me between bread, Jimmy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> put, put mayonnaise some, on me, put, Jimmy. Put provolone with me, James. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be betwixt your bread while watching The Way of Water. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, Sloan Crosley, what kind of sandwich would you like to be in? Look, I have to say, uh, 
before that, I, 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 I hate to be uh, weird, but I, I've been to 16,000 feet and to Whoa. Death Valley. So you might have someone wow. in your presence. Wow. Let's hear it. What was the, what was the context? Quito, Ecuador, Cotopaxi. Cotopaxi. Oh, it's a very, it's an active oh. volcano in Ecuador. Oh. Um, I mean, not that active. It's sort of a, you know, lazy Cotopaxi. <laughs> I know all about it. I too Ecuador. love contemporary classical music and boring films. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, so just very quickly, I was like, oh, this is funny. I might have the answer in your midst. Not that, but now I I hope I'm not putting off collars, but in fact... Um, opening it up for them to to share their great heights and um, really th- so that Jeff Bezos might call yeah. and uh, <laughs> really put an end to all of this. Yo, yeah. what's up? It's the bees. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, what sandwich would I be? I man, don't worry, it's not a real question. So what if, if I was like a, a lettuce wrap? Yeah. I don't have an answer. <laughs> that that might that's be a, nice. that's an healthy choice. That would be good. Um, that's that's a nice light lunch. Yeah, you don't need. The I like a bag- I like a sophisticated baguette. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, that's look, it. pate on a baguette, yeah. nothing wrong with that. I just want to be protected by a hard outer shell so mm-hmm. that no one hurts me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's yes. really beautiful. Thank you. When you taught at Columbia, did you teach about metaphors? I taught mostly about baking. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> yes. enough. Either way. <laughs> I just want to be able to open up enough to let someone into my bread. Mm-hmm. Come into my loaf. Of my mind. The crumb the is so the, moist. The loaf of the mind. <laughs> How to make it rise. Some you know, have argued that. that Jordan Jesse Go is the loaf of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> come get come get a slice. Yeah. Come get a slice of mind loaf. <laughs> James Cameron. I don't know. <laughs> We're just talking, right? Come on, Jimmy C. <laughs> We're all just talking. Okay, let's play another call, Brian. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, Go. This is Ashley with a momentous occasion update. On episode 700, I called in very excited because I was in the process of donating a kidney and I did not accidentally poop in any of the urine sample containers. Well, update, I donated my kidney and whole process went very smoothly. The recipient is doing great. He basically has his life back. I'm fully recovered, probably in better shape now than I was before. And most importantly, throughout the entire process, did not poop anywhere I wasn't supposed to. Mm. Not the operating table, not the hospital bed. I stayed momentous. That's incredible. Love you guys. I didn't even make it through college. With Where are you supposed to poop? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I want this woman's remaining kidney. She's so articulate. and Yeah. Com- and kind and has such a sense of humor. I don't know if any of that gets passed on through the kidney. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I that's agree. where all that's but kind kindness lies in the kidney. Yeah. If she has more, she's got if she's just giving them out, Guys, I feel like yeah. she sounds she sounds great. Just avoid the spleen. It's full of avarice. <laughs> <laughs> spleen is the seat. Gallbladder. Yeah. <laughs> right. Fucking gallbladder. <laughs> Fucking gallbladder. <laughs> Fucking gallbladders. I know this is, I kind of forget. I mean, I don't have the best memory when it comes to this stuff. I know this is probably 150 memes ago, but is this bad art, friend? You guys remember that? <laughs> yeah, I actually thought of it. Well, that's part of the reason I was so drawn to this woman. I was like, now yeah. this woman's kidney I want, as yeah. opposed to. This is yeah. a good art friend. <laughs> as opposed to the uh, that article, yeah. This so one... I don't really remember what that was about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bad Art Friend, wasn't that a, about a lady who brought her friend to a party where all the food was gold, but didn't tell her ahead of time that it was yes. an all-gold yeah, yeah. party? She had filled up on platinum before she left the house. And she managed to write, <laughs> and she managed to write like a 20,000-word essay based on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's pretty good. You know what, yeah. Sloan? Uh, if if you're going to take down one set of people, I <laughs> I say it's personal essayists. <laughs> Get them in your sights yeah. and take them down. The call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> well, listen, to in order to skewer something properly, you have to have right. some sort of authority in, in how terrible it is, no? Yeah. You have to know so, it. So I'm in a position to take it down. <laughs> That's why I'm always making fun of uh, guys with huge schlongs. <laughs> You're like, well, the transitive property of that logic means that this joke is gonna, this joke has left the station, and there's no stopping it. That's why I'm always making fun of people whose only life pleasure is ice cream. <laughs> oh man! Hey man, we were all having fun with my schlong thing. <laughs> Come thing. on, dude! Yeah. And then you made it sad. Fucking. Bring down city. Yeah, I wouldn't take down. I do have a cartoon. You probably uh, can't see, but there's a. I'm in my kitchen. For those who can't mm-hmm. see what's happening, and uh, there's a cartoon. It's an old New Yorker cartoon, and one woman is bumping into the other, and it says, uh, "I enjoyed your embarrassing personal essay in the Times." <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so you really, you really. I'm I'm already one step ahead of you. <laughs> Uh, if something momentous happens to you, like you get an embarrassing personal essay published in the New York Times, or heck, the Los Angeles Times, why not? We'll throw it in there. It's a it's a, it's a real newspaper. Don't let people tell you otherwise. 206-984-4FUN is the number to call. Or just send us a voice memo from your telephone. Or uh, if you got a micro cassette recorder, sure, use that. We don't give a shit. Yeah. JJ Go at Maximum mini Fun. Disc. <laughs> yeah. Send us your mini discs or just email us something at JJ Go at MaximumFun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hi, I'm Janet Varney. And just like you, I survived high school. And we're not alone. On my podcast, The JV Club, I invite some of my friends to share the highs and lows of their teen years, like moments with Aisha Tyler. But when you're a kid, the stakes are just pretty low. Go to school, try not to get in trouble, get laid. Jamila Jamil. I watched television probably every waking hour during that time and I was shit-faced on medicine. And Dave Holmes. We talked and talked and then everybody left. It was just us two and I was like, I love you. Learn how you too can be a functioning adult after the drama and heartbreak of high school. Every week on the JV Club with Janet Varney. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a judgment-free show. Hi, I'm Biz, host of One Bad Mother. Whether you're a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I signed my stepson up for a camp that is actually in another state. I feel really stupid, and I don't think we're going to get the money back. And then he found out that the car manual is a book about cars, so now he's reading our car manual. We So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org, and yes, there will be swears. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. A Jordan Morris boy detective. Sloan Crosley, crumbling inferno. <laughs> That's, That's a good one. That's really mm-hmm. rock solid, Sloan. You can become a writer. I'm physically always ex- extremely hot. That's what. Like, I always, what, I run, I run, I'm like a wolf. 
That's the kind of wow, like a wolf. Is <laughs> that the like, quality or of like wolves? a werewolf or something? I don't know. Is that I why wolves like always... are always turning up the air conditioning? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I don't know why I always say that. Now I don't realize. I realize I don't know why I make that analogy. But I, either way, it doesn't change the fact that I like don't really have a winter coat. <laughs> That's why a werewolf can't marry a Frankenstein, because one likes to sleep hot and one likes to sleep cold. (laughs) I mean, a wolf is one of the woollier non-sheep animals. Great point. I feel like they run hot. A wolf runs hot. Yeah. No? Maybe I'm just getting this from, like, shameful things like Twilight. Yeah. And those are some some hot wolves. I mean, have you you seen them without their shirts on? Can I just say, for me, Twilight... If you're talking about Boner City, you got to talk about yeah. those sheep. Oh, yeah. man, those sheep in Twilight. Oh, yeah. my talk God. Talk about tail between the legs. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Red, yeah. hot. Uh-huh. Red, hot, I and woolly, we, I baby. think we all know what we mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, anyway, long story short, that's where, the, that's where my nickname really originates from. That's really uh, beautiful, Sloan. Sloan, I read. It sounds like Jesse is reading. You have read. Yeah. Sloan's new book. Yes. I finished Sloan's new book, Cult Classic. It fucking rules. It's my favorite thing I've read this year. It is a great, fun, wow. funny book. Great for like, hey, if you're doing a, if this is like beach vacation, cabin vacation, summertime travel, this is like a great, you'll read it in two sittings, fun bunker. book. A bunk, if you're in a bunker, listen, <laughs> if you're experiencing <laughs> nuclear fallout, yeah. get get cans of beans. <laughs> Yeah. And cold classic. And Thank cult you. classic <laughs> now available wherever you get your books. It's great. I I I I would I would recommend it to anybody. Um just it it it's terrific. I loved it so much. I loved loved every every goddamn sentence in that thing is terrific. Uh you're yeah, you're such a such a funny, great writer. And uh yeah, all the all this all get all the Crosley books, but uh but cult classic is really something special. What if I was just like, no thank you to you, no thank you. That's really lovely. Uh, <laughs> Uh, get all the Crosley books, but avoid the Crosley turntables. Those are bad turntables. They're gonna mm. fuck up your records. Right, that's true, actually. But they're 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 pastel. Yeah, I mean they're cute. <laughs> so There's, they've got that going. They're for cute, them. and you can get them at Walmart. Those are the things that they have going for them. But hey, so's your new book. Mm-hmm. So it's a good looking book, and you can get it at Walmart. It is really good looking, isn't great it? Cover, yeah, it's great cover, cover, and it actually sort of encapsulates encapsulates mm-hmm. all the sentences in the book are great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be it fair, really it is twelve forty in the morning where you live, and we're very grateful <laughs> yes. that you've taken the <laughs> yes, time. Thank you. We're oh, very no, grateful no, you've it's taken fine. the time. Thank you, and I actually am jet lagged in the other direction too. It's <laughs> five. It's five hours ahead of. <laughs> is it possible that you're like that's... I'm doing a podcast? <laughs> is it What's possible, Sloan? That's why you think you're a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like I think you guys. I'm like mother. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come feast on at feast at my teats. <laughs> it's Jordan, Jesse, yeah. go. I'm Romulus. This is Remus. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, that cover, it's, it's, it hits all the, because there's a lot going, there are a lot of moving parts in the book for something that's essentially just a comedy about friendship and romance in New York, but that has enough twists and like weird philosophical stuff, literary stuff, speculative stuff. There's like a, you know, a magic cult that enters into this and mind control. Um, and I didn't know how they were going to put that on a book cover, but they did it. Yeah. There's a little bit of Stanford prison experiment in the book, I would say. Just a soupçon, just a little sprinkling. I have been waiting 
like a tiny baby cobra for somebody to just give me that analogy. (laughs) (laughs) And now I can sink my teeth into it. Thank you. It's like (laughs) lovely. Yeah. So, so it's a, yeah, I know it sounds weird to talk about the cover, but it does, it is, you know, for authors, I feel like oftentimes we'll get them and then you sort of open up, you double click on that initial JPEG, you know, through splayed fingers scared of having to give someone notes who doesn't want to redo their creation or scared of being a pain in the butt. Um, but I opened it up and, and very, in a very hokey, very genuine way, I thought, ah, there you are. If I ever, instantly. if I ever write yeah. a book a hundred percent in the contract, it's going to say at least 50% of the cover has to be my name embossed in gold. Mm. Um, it is it is quite big that that part yeah for some reason i had no notes but uh my name is quite big on that bigger thing. immortalize just, me immortalize it's circled it forever it's circled in red on the proof and, yeah. and you just drew a picture of a thumbs up mm-hmm. but it's really yeah it's good but it's been it's been fun reading for it took me forever to figure out which part to read from because i think that you know for the essays those are sort of hopefully funny right away or quicker. Um, but the novel, you know, I mean, it would be sort of annoying if it, unless the only person who can get away with sort of nonstop, I guess Paul Beatty and uh, Sam Lipsight can get away with just sort of nonstop, just, just a laugh-a-thon every single sentence. But that's not really my my jam necessarily. Uh, speaking of squirrel, sorry. It's a famous jam incident. I would hate to be trendy L.A. restaurant squirrel right about now. Right now. No, yeah. I have actually. I'll, I have to say to to make amends. I've had the toast since they fixed everything. It's delicious. It's yeah. fine. Everything's fine. This was a restaurant uh, with a famous jam that went yeah. on a famous yes, toast, yes, and they had a controversy that the jam had mold. Yes, thank you for the yeah for those. So it's a it's a deep cut otherwise, uh, but yeah. Though no, I uh, have just started reading from the funny parts of the book only on like the fourteenth tour stop, so it's going well <laughs> now. You were just doing the <laughs> acknowledgments before. <laughs> before that, it was a note on the type who wants to buy this thing. Right. You know, it didn't, didn't go that well. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a it was a you know, genuinely fun book to write. So I'm happy it's coming off well. There is an element when you go on tour that you wish you could start with the seventh show. Like, right. it was what a fucking nightmare it was f- that I felt in my heart to to do our first show in two and a half years at outdoors at Lincoln Center. I was like, <laughs> I don't even remember what performing is. But like, by the time it's like the fifth one, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm the fucking Marx Brothers. I just took this through yeah. vaudeville, and now I'm about to make at the races or whatever. And you're like, good morning, Wichita Falls. Yep. I'm going to rock all seven of you. Oh. And meanwhile, I'm just going to um, 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 Terry Gross. Yeah. You just like <laughs> you just like find somebody ahead of time. You're You're like ready with your whole act, except for before that, you just are like, what's a popular restaurant here? Okay, cool. What's a good local celebrity? <laughs> right, right, you like right, work right. those into your first paragraph and you're fucking good to go. You're like, how about that Cincinnati chili, folks? Who here loves Pete Rose? <laughs> how about that moldy yes. squirrel jam? <laughs> I know. Again, and Tommy Lasorda. For the, for the listeners at home, it's okay now. <laughs> Sloan Crosley's book is fantastic. It's called Cult Classic. Uh, it's destined to become a mainstream classic. Thank you. Um, 
Our producer, Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. Uh, our theme music, Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. You should come join us on social media. We're on Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com. We're on Twitter at Jordan underscore Morris and at Jesse Thorne. Uh, we're on Instagram at Jordan David Morris and at put.this.on. Hey, speaking of Instagram, uh, guess who I came very close to visiting, except for he had a live show in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, that's right. It's my close personal friend, John Dickerson. Yeah, that's right, Jordan. I almost had lunch with John Dickerson when I was in New York. Were you going to talk to him about his Elden Ring build? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Okay. Or maybe yeah. just his dog. Maybe sure. I would have just talked about <laughs> that great, great dog. Too. Yeah. Dog's great too. Uh, that's all. Okay. JJ, go If you have corrections for the program, we confessor. always appreciate those. We care so much about quality. So tweet those at JD Power on Twitter. Ranged, um, ranged battle. You can yeah. Fireball. You can enchant weapons. Sure. In his Elden Ring spill. Can't wear a lot of armor. Can't wear a lot of heavy armor. But yeah. I didn't hang out with Stu Wellington either. I missed Stu. We could oh, have yeah. talked about painting Warhammer figurines. Sure, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Well, that's all. Look, we're ending the show. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.